The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to the Axe Playlist Podcast, where we break down barriers through themed listens. I want to share, create, and discuss the perfect playlists. Featuring myself, the Axe, and welcoming for the very, very first time, Michael. That is me. That is you. Um, Let's get started. So I found a card that you created in a room. It was called the Asleep in the Cyclone Room, mm-hmm. the 21C Museum in Louisville. So I always say that wrong. Though. It's Louisville, not Lexington, because I always I get them. Yeah. Flipped. OK, though, oh, we do have uh, we do have a 21C in Lexington as well. OK, but so the reason that I had to go there is because um, this is the room with the record player. Yeah. Yes. OK, so I. I got sick a couple years ago and it turns out I have celiac disease mm-hmm. and there is the silly Axe cafe, which exactly a couple things going on there. One, that's my name. Yeah. <laughs> Two, uh, it's a totally gluten-free establishment and everybody that goes in there, like they invite you to wash your hands before you come in so you can leave all of your gluten outside. It was the first place that I could go to where I could eat everything on the menu. Nice. Yes, and they had all kinds of games. So now it's like a thing. When we go down there, we stay in that room and we play Battleship and Dominoes. And Beautiful. I order a ridiculous amount of food, <laughs> like a lot. And then I have to tell them when we go to the hotel, like, can you please put a, I need you to put a fridge in the room because um, I need to put all my leftovers in there. So then Absolutely. my second stay, I was looking up and tucked into like the rafters. And it's so for this is an audio playlist or an audio podcast. So um, the room, the ceiling is fabric, right? Like it's all fabric kind of stapled together into these like triangles. But with like a wood framing. Yes. Throughout it, creating the triangles. And all of the wood in the room and it's wood paneling and then shag carpeting and then the record player. But all of the wood in the room is from uh, tobacco barns. It's like upcycled tobacco barn wood. Yeah. So I look up and I see in one of the the fabric, I think the fabric pattern where this was sticking out from, it was like a lizard print or something. And I was like, what is that? And my husband's 6'2", so he could just reach up and grab it. And I was like, oh, my God. So now this is my bookmark. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And but so for those that don't know, this is about like this is like a about the size of a business card. Yeah, it's actually from uh I I happened upon a a pack of pre-perforated blank business cards to run through printers. Uh, so you could print off your own business cards. Okay. And I did that to it instead. So what you did to it instead, it almost so like I'll kind of describe so like texturally it's very pleasing. Um it's it almost looks like it's like it's like the sky and 
earth and but it's definitely just like artistic like there's blue there's green there's grays there's blacks there's whites and then in the bottom corner there's like what looks like a little like rune symbol yeah that's my signature that's your signature dude yeah solid signature thanks (laughs) i really like that um like how so is it your signature in explain uh that just for visual art stuff okay i really like that i'll tag it thanks it genuinely looks like it like a like a nordic rune (laughs) like like i was googling and googling and googling trying to find the symbol i also have like viking books so i was trying to pull out rune alphabets to figure it out and oh nice i had googled the back of the card says a concentric drone cult artifact seven of eights so I Googled that thinking it was like this elaborate um, scavenger hunt. <laughs> well, like, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> I just, I was like, we got to go back and like, look through the whole museum. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we got to figure this out because I have to know. And then finally, like I just, so I broke it down instead of doing the whole Google, I would do like drone cults. And then I think that's in an, in was it how I ended up finding you was I just, I'd Google drone cult one day, but I did this for like, once a week for a couple of months before I oh, found wow. Yeah. I was dedicated because it, I it was just like, <laughs> why can't I figure this out? This was that, left with intention. That that is awesome and proof that the algorithm is not on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was just like I can't I'm very much a puzzle oriented person. So I I couldn't let it lie. And then I was I I was actually doing a um I have the thousand what's it called like thousand recordings you have to hear before you die yeah so i was sitting there and i have my listening chair over here in the corner and i was sitting there and i was like looking at this and i had that book on my lap and i had i think i was listening to like bach or something like i was just like it was one of those like i'm not really into this one but i have to do it because it's on the list right so i'm gonna google some shit and not pay that much attention mm-hmm. and and then i ended up sending you guys the emails like i them and like, I went running to my husband like I found them amazing <laughs> yeah so like what so yeah like how let's talk about well, that all right well those things um I just kind of get on kicks and minor obsessions with small pieces of art to tuck places I've been doing it for several years now um those in particular I just started uh taking the the sheets of of the business cards and just kind of throwing up art all over it uh, and then breaking it down into the individual pieces and and tagging it on the back and numbering it. Uh, So yeah, there are are seven more that go with that one that were all originally one big sheet. So this is one part of a picture that was broken up into eight. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so so, so some of them, some of them are are really bright like that. Some of them are really dark. Some of them are pen and ink. Um, yeah. Do you remember what the whole picture was? I really don't. And my girlfriend has gotten on me telling me that I should have taken pictures of all of these things before I broke them up, and I never did. I'm really ter- terrible at documentation. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Like this is so like. I'm one of those, I'm kind of a fanatic. Like if I could see the whole, I would be like, okay, well, can you create that as a print so that I can have that too? 
because I I need I need to have that. Like I need to be able to. I, live. I wish I could give it to you. I really do. <laughs> and you know, I have. I couldn't even begin to tell you where the rest of that one wound up. Um, so, did you leave all of the pieces in that room? No. Um, I've been. I've been. Yeah, they're they're spread between states. Dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are. So there's a really healthy number of them in the mysterious mansion in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Nice. Uh, I wandered through there one time and I got in a little bit of trouble. Some of the, the actors there were having to chase me out of corners that I was tucking those things into. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, there will, there will probably be ones that are left in there until they, you know, finally raise that building one day, uh, just cause they're tucked in floorboards and behind furniture. And, but then some were put in places purposefully to be found. So here's my thing. As a fan, here's what I'm going to request formally. All right. I need I need a picture of a whole sheet and then you could print that off as just a print that I would buy. And then if you could laminate this because I have animals that like to knock things over and right. You know what I mean? And I love it so much, but like the bottom is starting to fray just a tad. And I'm like, no, like I love this. So I think I'm going to like cover it in resin or something. Cause like, seriously, like I love, this is one of those things where like, I'm a collector of weird stuff or random stuff. And like, I have just a plethora, you can't really see, but like just a plethora of things. I, I just like, I'm like, Oh, I have to have this. Oh, I have to have this. I'm also a, kind of like a petty thief. Um, oh yeah, me too. Right. Oh, <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. There, we are kind of far and few between because we get yelled at a lot. <laughs> oh no, no, there are so many of us. We're just oh, the ones that will admit it are few and far between. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are the seedy underbelly of of kleptos. But like, <laughs> beware of your refrigerator magnets. I've stolen a couple of those. Your coasters. I'll take those. Um. If I'm in an, a, like an establishment and I feel that you have wronged me, I'm definitely stealing something. <laughs> like I'm probably taking some silverware or oh yeah. Like um, I took a a a, a wine like a bottle opener from a concert venue once because the bartender kept letting people cut me, and it was Elton John. So I was like, the more people you keep letting in front of me, the longer it's going to take me to get back to my seat. Yeah, it's and it's Elton John. So. I'm taking this and I was actually talking to somebody in line and I just like, was like, fine, fuck them. And I just grabbed it, put it in my pocket. <laughs> he was like, and I was like, you didn't like, he gave me one of those eyebrow looks and I was like, you saw that. That's fine. But she just let like a group of Barbies cut in front of me and right? I'm not down for that. So I'm taking this bottle opener. <laughs> sounds, you sound justified to me. <laughs> Thank you. And that's what I do. It's like, it's a justifiable theft. So, <laughs> You know, if it like, you know, now that I have to be gluten free, if I order gluten free and you make me have to send my food back, I'm stealing silverware. 100%. <laughs> I have stolen a couple of knives from Outback. <laughs> Just keeping the cosmic balance. 100%. That's my job. I'm here to do that. So <laughs> like as somebody that will do that, I, I collect a lot of also random things and 
this is one of those things that I have absorbed and shown off to a lot of people. I've been like, look wow. what I found at this like epic night that I spent in this like epic room. Like, cause that room, the room is its own art exhibit. Absolutely is. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, that room is where I spent my 40th birthday. Nice. So yeah. Yeah, when I went, I went twice. One of the times it was for a birthday and another time was for, and the second time is where I found the card. Um, it was to celebrate my good grades because I'm in grad school. So oh, I got straight A's. thank you. Yeah. I, I got straight A's and I was like, well, I need to celebrate that because I had a 1.5 in my undergrad. So <laughs> Cheers. me too. That's how I started. <laughs> so you hit a bunch of stuff in there. Did you, did you also leave any records? I did not leave any records. My records are too precious to me to be just leaving behind. But I did listen to that Blue Cheer record that they had in there. That was really good. Dude, yes. So my thing is, so the first time I listened to that one, and then I can't remember the name of it. I just remember the cover. And then the second time I brought um, Otis Redding and Tom Petty. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah, I love Tom Petty. He's one of my top three writer dies. Um, I got to see him five times live before he passed. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was epic. So I took Pack Up the Plantation Live and um, Southern Accents and another one. And then I took uh, Otis Redding Live at the Whiskey. And we listened to that the whole time. Hell yeah. And so the next time we go, which I'm hoping was going to be in like a month or two, I'm going to mm-hmm. take um, records that I don't really listen to anymore and that I don't really have any emotional attachment to and just like leave them there as like a gift. Like That's really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I did have a record with me. I had a copy of uh, the soundtrack to Suspiria by Goblin. Nice. And I, I couldn't bring myself to put it on the player cause I, I didn't know how good the needle was going to be. <laughs> and I didn't trust, I did not trust people that don't really know how to work our turntable. Yeah, so, super feel that. I'm not gonna break this record in that I've been looking for for years. No, uh, <laughs> no. That, so. I I remember being very like, like just so delicate when I put Otis on because that one was like a record shop day find. So I was like, I cannot, I cannot <laughs> allow this. Like we yeah. got. Um. But so the second time we were there, though, the the time that I found this card, there was a French soccer team staying there. So the downstairs exhibit was closed. Wow. Bummer. Yeah. But uh, and they said when we checked in, oh, no, so and so like Jean Pierre or whoever is going to be really pissed because nobody's supposed to be in the basement because that's right next to the workout room. Oh, right. Well, they made the terrible mistake of being in an elevator with me. <laughs> when I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and they were playing Tokyo, so I kept asking them how to say like "fuck Tokyo," "defeat Tokyo," "ruin Tokyo." Nice. The whole like two <laughs> seconds it takes to ride down the elevator, and this dude like straight up just got in my face and said a bunch of stuff in French and was like, and I was like, "bye." <laughs> <laughs> they did not want to talk to me, <laughs> but I made them. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So when you stayed for your birthday, how many of these cards did you leave in that room? You know, I don't know. Uh, I think at least three or four. Okay. Um, I actually had one perfectly posed inside the glass case. I managed to like slip it into the back and like I 
I finagled it into this perfect spot. I was like, ah, great. And then it fell. Then it like, well, no, it didn't fall. My girlfriend was like, what if they charge us for messing with the art? They won't. They like, oh. perfectly in. That would have blended so perfectly in. I thought I thought so too. And I I did such a good job with getting it in a good spot. And then it's like, oh, you're right. I really <laughs> I don't want to take the chance. So I pulled it out of there, managed to get it out, uh, and then tucked them around. There's one kind of up behind the bed somewhere. Okay. Um, I don't think it's there anymore because I always make it a point to walk around. So the bed is a platform bed, like yeah. right, yeah. So in this, you can actually like touch the ceiling. I'm only five foot tall, so I have to say, it, like, you can actually touch, you can reach it because I have, <laughs> and I make it a point to be like, I'm jumping on the bed and I'm touching the ceiling and. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I always walk all the way around and look at all of that. So I don't think it's there anymore, but awesome. Yeah. So somebody else took it. Great. <laughs> yeah. So one of the, so when I was there, I left something too. I make like little, I call them like totems. It's like a little glass jar with like, I don't like crystals and herbs and stuff in them. Neat. Yeah. I actually took one of the so you know how they have that like display of pictures i it yeah, is yeah, yeah. what do they call that it's like a a gallery wall mm-hmm. so i took one of the gallery wall pictures off of the wall and found a hole like a knot in the wood and oh, just neat. shoved it up in there and oh hell yeah yeah, the last time I looked, it was still there. And I was like, yes, this is going to be a part of this until the building burns down. Like, nice. I Hell am yeah. there forever. <laughs> You're now art. I am now art. Yeah, I am now officially art. So, yeah. So that little like glass display case that you were talking about, it's like the size of a wall. It's backlit. And then it has like books and like stuff floating in jars and driftwood and skulls and stuff. Like, I I feel like this is turning into an advertisement for the museum, but I really think <laughs> people need to go there or Google it. It's the Asleep in the Cyclone Room at Toy. Yeah, it it is worth at least looking at pictures. Uh, if if not going and staying, it was one of the, it was the pretty much the coolest uh, room I've ever stayed in. Yep, that's the one. I stole. I always take their like. The, your welcome card that they have on display, I always yeah. take that and bring it home with me. So I have one on my bookshelf and one in my nightstand. Nice. It's my favorite place to go. I've decided, like, like in another life, I'd like to be an author and be one of those like artists that they pay to keep somewhere. And I'd be like, that's the room. Uh, yeah. in. I have to stay yeah. here. And then I have to have all of my food delivered from the Celiac's Cafe. Absolutely. And I only come yeah. out at night. <laughs> <laughs> Just weirdo in residency. Yes, just weirdo in residency permanently. I'm I'm waiting for that myself. Yeah, dude. So yeah, tell me about this. So what is the concentric drone cult? The concentric drone cult is uh, a loose gathering of uh, quasi-like-minded people. Um, I we honestly have a hard time defining it ourselves. Quasi <laughs> uh, so, like mine. How many of them are you? Uh, let's see. At least three, as many as 20 or more. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, boy, none of, honestly, none of us are good at describing this thing because we've never bothered to truly define it. So uh, 
is this your is this the band or is this the art uh well the the band is everyone lives everyone wins okay cool so i have that on my list next so let's define because this is the concentric drone cult is what got me what got me to everyone lives everyone wins yeah so So what came first what was the chicken and what was the egg uh everyone lives came first okay so everyone Um, lives everyone wins yeah, it it started originally. We've been to, we've been we've been doing this together for, like I said, sixteen years now. Uh, the name started a little bit before that with one of the members. Uh, the other two members are are Matt and John. Um, Matt made a weird, uh, like a weird sound collage tape on an old four track. Nice. Uh, yeah, just like <laughs> figuring out how to capture sound. Okay. And we were living in different towns at the time, and uh, he came back and, and gave me a copy of this, and it was titled "Everyone Lives, Everyone Wins." I love that. Name. Thanks. Uh, yeah, that was that was all Matt. Uh, that was all his doing. Um, and actually, if you go to the Concentric Bandcamp, the that tape has been digitized and is up up on there. That's so, <laughs> so yeah, you can you can hear Matt messing around with keyboards and just playing random bass riffs, just kind of layering it all together. That's uh, so cool. And then at some point, he moved back to Lexington, and we started getting together and jamming and uh, kind of messing around to see how long we could tolerate playing single notes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, and just kind of messing around. And there was a, a healthy uh, like experimental and noise scene in Lexington, especially at the time. And um, like, I wonder if we can dupe these guys into letting us play a show. And it, it, it wasn't a total hoodwink. They were friends of ours. We just kind of all ran in different musical circles. Uh, but yeah, they, they let us, the, you know, the, the dudes that kind of ran in that scene, set up a house show and invited us to play and it went over better than we thought it would. And kind of slowly over time, uh, it just kind of accidentally became serious. Okay. Uh, so it's yeah. you, Matt and John, John. Okay. Yes. And what all, so what do you guys all play? Uh, none of us play any one thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, we've all, taking turns playing guitar, drums, bass, keyboards, random acoustic things, instruments that we have no idea how to play. Um, it's like very experimental. Very. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's, it is all very soft and acoustic and meditative. Sometimes it's obnoxiously loud. Uh, sometimes there are actual written parts. A lot of times it's just kind of made up on the spot. Um, lots of costumes and heady jargon and, you know, th- things that would uh, evoke imagery from a cult. Okay. Uh, oh, so hence the name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so the, the drone cult kind of uh, spun out of that because we we purposefully designed the band to be uh, collaborative. It's okay. one of those deals where as long as the three of us are involved, no matter who else is there, if we want it to be, it's an everyone lives thing. Okay. Uh, if one of us is missing, it's not. 
Um, oh, okay. So, okay. So it's yeah. like there as, so when the three of you are together, it's always, everyone lives, everyone wins. Uh, I, even I if there's other people. I, I won't say always because we've done little side things with our friends that all fall within the drone cult. We had a, a, a short lived thing called lava that was the three of us, but a revolving door of like four other guys. Okay. <laughs> like, we played a few shows and I listened to a couple of tracks, but there was a, a woman singing. It sounded like, like there, it was, Oh, was that, uh, it was, was like a the, cover. Chris- What's that? It was like a hosier cover that like take me to uh, church. Oh, uh, let's see. What what would that have been? It I think it was like on the first so you sent me a couple of links and one of them was kind of outdated, and that was the link that I I found that one on. Oh, okay. Man. I honestly have no idea what what that would have been. Sixteen uh, that, years and bodies and bodies of work. That makes yeah. sense to me. So. Yeah. So so there there was the concentric blog spot that I ran. Yeah. Yeah, I ran that for for a, a good while, and I kind of abandoned it at some point and never updated it. And originally, when I meant to send you the Bandcamp, I sent you the blog, and I was kind of surprised to see that it's still up. So yeah. I would I have no clue what you listen to. I would have to go back <laughs> and find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool though. So you did tell me um that you guys recorded you were in a studio recently. Yeah, uh last last weekend, weekend before. Uh yeah, god, what's time? Uh but yes, very very recently we spent uh the weekend in uh Sneak Attack Studios here in town. That's cool. And like, what was that about? Like uh, an album or. Uh, We're going to, we're going to make an album out of it. So the way that came about was our friend, Kyle Keener, who is an incredible artist uh, and musician and all around great out there, dude. Um, He is going to be moving to New York soon. So he wanted to book some studio time with us. Uh, and just to see what would happen. Oh, cool. um, yeah, that's the way he likes to operate. He just books studio time and goes in and improvs and sees what happens with synthesizers a lot of the time. So it was um, just a, like a, a farewell. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, we've been friends with that guy for a long time. He's uh, some of his old bands are on the the concentric band camp from like old things that I've released uh, for his band Uh, because the, the drone cult stuff has also been a quasi record label. Oh, cool. uh, For like short run handmade releases. Uh, So I've I've put out a bunch of friends material through that, uh, like splits and singles and that sort of thing. And uh, it's kind of one of those things that if you've ever been tangentially involved you're considered part of the drone cult that's super cool yeah i like that it's very tribal very much i like that so then you mentioned before performancing like performances so how is your life stuff like what what does that because you're very loosely defining 
members up to 20 people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're very loosely defining what you guys look or sound like. So what is live for you? Uh, sometimes I, I won't lie. We're just straight up ripping, uh, ripping off sun. If you're familiar with them. No. Uh, the guy, okay. So they're, <laughs> they're literally the world's loudest band. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're guys that wear big black robes, lots of smoke, uh, no drums, just guitar and sometimes synth and vocals, but just punishingly wonderfully loud. Uh, it's very, uh, like druidic. Okay. of crushing uh power ambience okay and so that was definitely a jumping off point for us that we still uh touch on quite a bit um last show we did which we we don't perform a whole lot usually it's a couple times a year maybe um but the most recent one was the winter solstice show um yes. and we've been we've been hosting winter solstice performances for like 12 years, something like that. I think we've missed one in 12 or 13 years, but we always uh, put on or try to always put on the Solstice show and have our friends play. And they've done these in basements and at uh, yoga studios and nice. wherever we'll have us. And uh, so for 2020 and 21, we had them virtually uh, just had like video premieres on YouTube with a live chat going while we did it. Uh, but this year we got to get together again and a friend's house is actually our friend, Chris Smith, who, uh, recorded and mixed, not our most recent album, but the one before that, the crystal womb, um, he did more work on that than anybody should have ever had to, uh, he knows that album way better than we ever will. Uh, he's a saint and he, uh, he he was willing to put on the solstice in his house this past year. So we crammed 70 people or so into his house and his band Aeolith played and our very good friend Nick Larkey uh, performed under his moniker Ghost Affirmation for the first time. And I don't know how long. I can't remember the last time he, he pulled that out, but uh, he did that. And he's been a longtime collaborator of, with us over the years and. It was kind of a, a big homecoming performance. We had on our robes and, you know, loud amps and all the smoke and everything. So uh, your robes, is it a costume that you wear every time that you play or? Not every time. Um, we, yeah, we, we've got a, a couple different costumes that we switch between depending on, uh, depending on the show and the music and, you know, what we intend on trying to get across that time. I very much can get behind the theatrics of that. That's sweet. That's very cool. I feel like you should do you. You guys should like do more to kind of promote. Like, I need to see that. <laughs> you know, like that's such a cool thing. Like, I you know, I like to go to concerts. I like to see live performances. And when you get to see the theat the theatrics of a band, that I don't know. Like, there's listening to it by yourself with your headphones there's listening to it while you're driving and then there's listening to it with a group of people with them in front of you bringing it to life and i feel like if you don't have that captured you should because that that just brings it home for so many people yeah we we have an unfortunately limited amount of documentation 
for the amount of years we've been doing this, we kick ourselves in the asses constantly for not thinking about that. Capture it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, more. You know, at the time, we get so caught up in trying to create a space and make the performance happen. Uh, sure. Because it's, I mean, we've played, you know, just bars and basement shows before, and they're, you know, we'll do it from time to time. It's not really our bag. Uh, we don't really fit in sure. uh, playing at a bar, but uh, <laughs> we we tend to do better when we get to, like, actually take over and inhabit a space. Yeah. And kind of decorate it and make it up the way we want. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to to be allowed to take over a, a lot of spaces and have free reign to just kind of do what we want and have a decent amount of time to, to do it. Um, but we're still always like making it by the skin of our teeth. And there's always some technical issue at the very last second we're working out. And, uh, I feel we're, like we're, we're getting a little bit better streamlining our process. Well, no, I just feel like you need a documentarian, like, you know what I mean? Just somebody there with a camera to observe and record. Like, let me just capture. It's like, let me capture the wildebeest in the natural habitat. Like <laughs> any, anytime you want, you are more than welcome. <laughs> I I might like, I might just be like, no, seriously, there's art here that is not being appreciated. Like there is so there's so much to that, especially when you're so focused on your prep and, you know, like the way that you talk about, like you have to inhabit the whole space. Like, I'm not going to judge anybody for not being a bar band. Are you kidding? Like I've been to a couple of bar. I know people that go to bar shows and call them concerts. And I get, I get kind of offended by it. Cause I'm like, I, that's not a concert. That's, that's, that's yeah. it. I mean, it's a show. <laughs> and, you know, I honestly miss playing rock and roll shows at, in bars. I've, I've routinely had, you know, more than one band at a time. And, uh, you know, was in a punk rock band for several years while I was also doing this and just got to, well, hello, love of mine. <laughs> the, the lady just got home. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, you know, playing in punk rock bands is still a lot of fun and I, I do miss doing it. Um, but it just, yeah, time, uh, available bodies and commitment and yeah, sure. So All that kind of stuff. That was going to be, that was something that I was actually very interested in, in asking you about is as a performer and a creator, what do you like to listen to? Oh man. Far too often lately. It's just been people talking, uh, <laughs> podcasts and YouTube channels and things. And I really need to, I need to break myself of the habit of it. Um, I'm in the same boat. I am this true crime loop where it's like, all I do is listen to murder all day. I'm like, <laughs> You're not the only person I know like that. Yeah, like, why am I so depressed? Like, I need to listen to music. But the thing is, is like when I throw on music, I stop paying attention to what I'm supposed to be paying attention to. So like, you know, I can't do that and work at the same time often. Yeah, I've I've honestly started to kind of appreciate background music. And I I hate I hate saying that about any kind of music, really. Like that. Yeah. Music. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like it's Sunday, so you put Billy Holiday on in the background. Oh, like that's respectable, though. You know, like I feel like Sunday background music is its own thing. Like 
You know, like I know so many people that talk about like I so so many coworkers were talking about Anita Baker when they're cleaning. They always listen to Anita Baker, and they were like, "My mom always listened to it. My grandma always listened to it." Like, and then I don't like I threw it on, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Like that's. You know, like you do have it on and there's and something about her makes you engage with what you're doing. Like, I get it. So, no, like, yeah, Billy Holiday on Sunday probably wakes you up a little bit to pay attention to whatever task is at hand. Like, yeah. And, you know, uh, Lady Day goes well with pancakes and coffee. So exactly. Exactly. (laughs) No, that's respectable. Like, but I mean, like when you do listen to music, do you do. You know. Like, how do you do you records or tapes or streaming uh, or like, what's your preferred? Do you still have like a bunch of old mix CDs? Like, what's your preferred? I, I do still have a bunch of old mix CDs. I still have my wall of CDs, though. My home CD player is currently broken. And those things are ridiculously expensive now. Oh, <laughs> it's no. such a pain in the ass. So uh, I have all this like basically untouched media unless I drag it to my old car that still has a CD player in it. Oh, uh, same. I have a car with it was so my CD player had the six disc changer. Oh wow, yeah. The uh the specific part I will never effing forget this. The 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 wheel that changes the disc mm-hmm. one to one, two, two to three, whatever. It's plastic and it wore down and it died. And it died mm-hmm. with my she's the one Tom Petty soundtrack stuck. And I was like, so, you know, I'm like living at home and I, it was a 2000, it's my 2006 Ford Focus. And I was like, my radio died and I can't, like, I can't not have it. Like we got to fix it. So we went to the salvage yard and they found a CD player, tape player. That was the closest thing they had that could fit. And I was like, cool. Cause I got a bunch of tape. Like, let's do this. Um, But then they took the tape, the CD player out and I was like, you cannot sell that to the salvage yard without getting my CD out. <laughs> no, you know, like the, the engineering that went into trying to dislodge it, it took a couple of hours and it was like a couple of different sizes of the like eyeglass screwdrivers yeah. and a lot of patience. And I was just like, I ser- like, if you cannot get that out, I probably will never speak to you again. It's basically <laughs> where I was at with it. So I still have a very great relationship with my stepdad because he managed (laughs) that out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, when you're talking about the car, like that's a rule with me too. I, you know, my, also my, my 2017 is a, it doesn't have the tape player, but it does have a CD player. So yeah. So that's a, that's a thing. I also have my first ever um, CD player. I got it in 1999 and it is a JVC stereo where it's like this cd players on top and then the tape players on the bottom and you can record oh yeah yeah i i grew up abusing one of those things yes (laughs) the only thing i don't have is my my walkman which i have a walkman but it wasn't my first walkman and i wish i had yeah i wish i still had mine too it was an old sony one it worked so well for so long yeah it might might still work if it's somewhere around here Somewhere. So, like, my thing is, is like when you watch how they try to recreate that in the shows, like they're like, "Oh yeah, here, let's share my headphone, and then I'll hold the CD player, and we'll walk together." And I'm like, "Oh my god, no!" Right? <laughs> you can't walk with that. <laughs> no, though. So, you know what? Some of those discmans that had the anti-skip thing that actually worked really well on some of them. If you held it perfectly still, 
<laughs> I I had the best discman I ever had. You could actually shake the thing, and the CD would stop spinning, and it would still be playing. No, I mean, if, if you did it a, too hard, it would obviously stop and you know skip. But it had killer anti-skip protection on it. So yeah, you could just shove it in your pocket and walk down the street. I know somebody that had one where they could hit like pause on the song and they could pause and then hold it until they turned it off. And then when they turned it back on, it would start playing from where they, man, I know I was like, what the hell is this? Like that? What is this technology? (laughs) This is a time machine. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Sweet space age nineties tech. Yes. So when you listen, you still prefer CDs. Even uh, I well, I I just kind of got off on a tangent on CDs. I have a ton of records. Okay. Uh, don't God, if you have a big record collection, figure out where you're going to live and just live there. Yeah, and then never move again. <laughs> no, no. Luckily, I I I bought my home last year, so they they are where they're going to be for the foreseeable future. Oh, perfect! That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I worked. I also worked at a record store for ten years. Oh my so, god, how was that? Uh, man, it it should have ultimately been cooler. Oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, right? um, but it was actually the it was a lot of fun most of the time. Uh, it's actually how the band got together. Uh, so Matt and I knew each other from college and then we both wound up working at the same record store. And then what John, uh, should I say, say, all right, well, it's already, well, anybody who's from Lexington knows what it is. It's CD central in Lexington. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then John got a job there and we didn't know him at all. So that's how we met him. Uh, and then I don't know. You've, smoke enough bowls together you wind up starting a band totally yeah no that's how you create i get that (laughs) (laughs) so did you go to like did you ever go to like other record stores or was that just your main hub oh well that's the only one i ever worked at but yeah i still to this day go to go to record stores it's basically anytime i'm traveling it's still like one of the first things i look up about where i'm going do you participate in record shop day? Uh, the whole record store day thing? No, I don't. Uh, I kind of despise it. Um, really? I, I worked the very first one. Oh. I, I worked the first seven record store days or something like that. Mm, um, that'll make you hate it, I guess. <laughs> boy, like, I thought the first one was kind of neat. Uh, that, yeah, it's like, yeah, sure. Appreciate your indie record stores. And there was something like 25 releases they put out that year or something like, look at these special releases we're doing. You can only get them at, at your local indie store. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, cool. It's you know, <laughs> you know, throw, throw more money at the, at the little guys. Yeah. And then it so quickly just turned into this overblown cash grab of douchebaggery. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I quickly saw like a lot of independent bands were now not able to get their records printed. 
because for some reason we needed 50,000 more copies of the Eagles greatest hits on 200 gram virgin vinyl. And that (laughs) pissed me off too, actually. Like, so like, seriously, I've only been to a handful and I remember being very much like, get out of my way so I can go look at the thing I want to look at. Yeah. You know, and also being like, why is this band here? Yeah. <laughs> Playing these yeah. songs. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I won't lie. Every year that when they announce the list, I look it over and see if there's anything that catches right. my eye. And I mean, usually it's still just the like reissue some album that is inconsequential or, you know, another live performance or that sort of stuff. My favorite finds are, um, I don't know if you know the stand-up comedian, Mitch Hedberg. Oh yeah. I found they had all his whole collection on vinyl and that was a record shop. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Right. So I was <laughs> like, I will take that. And then, um, I have Otis Redding. Um, I love him. He's top five. Uh, and they had him whiskey at the go-go and then all of his collection re-released on vinyl. And I was like, okay, well I'll take that. Um, and then my, one of my favorite bands is Pearl jam. They always do a record shop day, day release in like a little LP. And I like to grab those, but like, yeah, I, I think my favorite record shop days, are, my biggest ones are, the Otis collection and the Mitch Hedberg collection. And I didn't get them the year that they were released. I got them when they were re-released. Like they were released on record shop day in 2017, but I got them in 2020 or whatever. Yeah. You know? So I, uh, I, and you know, they do release some things that I do think are cool, even like for bands that I don't necessarily care about. Like I've honestly never actually been a Metallica fan, but neither. I like, I, I get it. I, I get it, I, but it's they just damn they just don't they've never done it for me. It's but, funny because I would have I would have I'm very I stereotype too much and I would have been like eh you're the guy like <laughs> no I I I love I love a lot of the bands that I know Metallica loves I love a lot of bands that love Metallica they just <laughs> they just, they just don't do the thing for me but. One year, they, as a record store day thing, they re-released their original demo tape on cassette. Like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. I can get yeah. behind that. Yeah, that's and like cool. A, and like the one year, they, the band Tomahawk, uh, which is like Mike Patton from Faith No More and Mr. Bungle, one of his projects with some other people. Okay. Um, they, I think none of their stuff had been released on vinyl before, and they released a box set of all of their albums on vinyl with space for one more record because they had an, an upcoming album wow. that they were going to be releasing in a month. That's so they left space in the box for that. Like, okay, that's clever. Slide I, that in there. Yeah. Really clever. I like I'll that. Give, but, you know, we didn't. You know, no disrespect to Aerosmith, but we didn't need repressings of the first four albums or something. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved them. I actually have like an Aerosmith tattoo because I was like so Hell dude. I, I like Aerosmith. I, I mean... saw I saw Aerosmith with Cheap Trick and Run DMC. Nice. That show, that show kicked ass. They closed with Walk This Way. It was great. Nice. I so when I saw Aerosmith, I saw I don't remember who opened for them. 
I don't remember if it was Cheap Trick or because I saw Cheap Trick open for Journey once. But when I saw Aerosmith, Steven Tyler was so drunk, he kicked the microphone off the stage. My favorite thing, though, is that he played No More, No More. They played No More, No More from Toys in the Attic. And I was in like, so I was at Riverbend and that, and I was in like the grass. Yeah. Nobody around me knew No More, No More. And I was like, awesome. No More, No More. Like, fuck you guys. This is like their hey. best song off of that album. And if he was drunk, you were like seeing Aerosmith. I was. I was. <laughs> he was like, Joe Perry tripped me. Fuck this shit. I'm going to pull some hot babes up here and I'm going to knock some shit over. And yeah, I super saw, I definitely saw Aerosmith. Awesome. Yeah. See, by the time I saw them, they were all sober. <laughs> 